Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with the Nostradamus of college football, Matt Story. Uh, <laughs> Matt called in our preview. You can go back and listen. He called Clemson. He called Trevor Lawrence. He yes, told everyone yes. this is what was going to happen. That's right. I didn't. Be- and, I didn't I listen. I went back and did it on uh, Monday nights. I, I went back and thought, how exactly did that go? And yes, I did pick Clemson. And then a, a few minutes after that, I had Trevor Lawrence as a Heisman finalist. He wasn't, but I, I said I think he beat a quarterback that won the national championship, and and that is exactly how it ended up. So I guess the lesson here is: don't ever listen to me. Always <laughs> well, listen to Matt. You did have Alabama and Clemson in the playoff um, and playing. I, you, I went yeah. back and listened. You had uh, you had Alabama Clemson playing in the uh, semifinal. Mm-hmm. Your other semifinal. Do you remember what it was? I didn't until I listened to it. Was it Wisconsin? It was Wisconsin and Washington. Yeah, that was so well, not not great. Well, yeah, Washington yeah. ended as a top ten team. I, I I'm they okay did, with that. They did. They they won the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, you know, that one that one was better than Wisconsin. Yeah. I had I had Michigan and Georgia as my other playoff team. So also, all in all, not shabby. I had I had four my four teams all finished at the top seven. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to take that as a pretty solid year. Yeah. Very very well done by you. Now I did pick Shea Patterson to win the Heisman, and I said I was going to go down with the ship that is Michigan, and well. I went down with the ship that is Michigan. So, you know, I didn't hit on everything. But, uh, yeah, I, I did have the Trevor Lawrence thing. I I thought, uh, I, I think when we talked to ACC, I said that I thought, you know, they would go away from Kelly Bryant because they had to, they knew they had to be better to win a title. And that's, that's exactly how it played out. Um, and the kid was great. And the two playoff games, he, uh, he looked every bit the, you know, superstar recruit that he was supposed to be. Um, what a stunner in, in not that they won, but the way they won. I don't, I don't know about you. I, you know, that was the one outcome I didn't see coming was to see them just blow them out basically. Well, and I, I didn't believe it as it was going on, you know, because, because when, when Clemson jumped the route on the, on the first Alabama possession for the pick six, and then Tua calmly comes back and hits Judy for that bomb touchdown. Yeah, it's like ball touchdown. Yeah, yeah. It's like and the oh, next drive they scored easily. Yeah, I was and like their their fourth drive. They were you know they got down to the one. Looked like they were about to score easy. And, and yeah, I agree. I mean, aside from that one play, the first you know twenty twenty five offensive snaps for Alabama looked like they were doing whatever they wanted. And really, the turning point for me was when they got down to the one. They got that false start. They ended up not, you know, getting having to settle for a field goal, and then they never scored again after that. Now they had a couple drives, you know, where they got inside the ten and got stuffed, and, and then the fake field goal, which was a disaster. Um, so they were still moving the ball, but they weren't able to put the points on the board, and, and their defense was not able to come up with an answer all night, really. Yeah, it, you know, it was a odd end to an otherwise predictable season that led to those teams playing again. Sure, um, sure. I mean, and, and you know, you'll, um, you're not going to get a lot of credit for going out on a limb if you pick them to, to you know, play again next year. They certainly could. Uh, they both have, a you know, pretty much all their offensive skill talent, minus a guy or two, you know, uh, Hunter Renfro at Clemson, Damian Harris at Alabama, but that, you know, that might be about it. Almost everybody else is back far as quarterbacks, running backs, receivers for those teams. So they're they're going to be good again. 
they're both going to lose a lot on defense, but they both have recruited extremely well to replace those guys. So yeah, I mean they they are the they are the standard bearers for the sport right now. And, uh, you know, wouldn't be surprising to see them meet again next year in the playoff or at least both be in the playoff again. Um, but, yeah, it was just a surprise to see it get away from Alabama and never have an answer. It, it, it felt like the SEC title game, except they didn't have that fourth quarter answer that they had in that game. They were outplayed the entire way this time. I saw on Twitter the freezing cold takes tweet of uh, ESPN's comment on Dabo's hiring. Yeah, Where, yeah, my, my uh, our old reliable Pat Forby, who I like, but yeah, he whiffed on that one, a D plus grade. Yeah, and just yeah, bashed yeah. it. How could he survive when the you just fired yeah. the coach and you know? Which is uh, you know a great example, and probably is a good segue. Uh, you know, because we're in coaching hiring season in the NFL, and we've had coaching movement obviously in college. A great example of why immediate reactions to coaching hires are a waste of time, uh, in all honesty. I mean, because uh, nobody, I mean, Pat Forty was not alone in questioning that move. Um, you know, it was an uninspired move, according to most. And yeah. boy, has it been a home run. The guy has done an incredible job there. And, uh, you know, it's it's really notable what he's been able to do, because, you know, saving the job he's done is, is amazing. And I'm not, I'm not uh, demeaning that at all. But it's Alabama. It's been done before in Alabama. This has never been done at Clemson like this. They won a national title in the early 80s, but to be this kind of program year in, year out was was never done. And, and everyone thought the potential was there. He's actually harnessed that potential. Yeah, it's, it's really something. Um, but as we move to the coaching carousel at ASU, uh, John Simon, the running back coach, probably the second yeah. most important recruiter behind Antonio Pierce, uh, after the early signing period, has left to, to join Mike Norvell's staff at Memphis. Um, I guess not surprising that Norvell keeps going back to the well of ASU coaches. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to hire guys, you know, and and Simon does go back to, to. I mean, he was one of the holdovers from the Graham years, and I I think was he there the entire time Graham was there. I'm trying to remember. I think we had. Some, we had I think he replaced. Didn't coaches. he replace Bo? Uh, I think he did. I think so. Yeah, yeah, because he was the running back coach. Now, I don't remember if he was on staff before, but there's definitely, you know, there's some overlap there. Maybe he never actually coached with Norvell here. And well, Norvell but they know each other and they know systems, if nothing else. And, they do. They and, do. And, and, you know, it's a step up for him. It's not an offensive coordinator title, but it's essentially the equivalent of that for him, which, you know, he, he doesn't have here. Uh, you know, I, I'm disappointed by it, but that's – that's the reality of it. I mean, this, this whole notion of, you know, we've got to have the staff stay a hundred percent stable. Like if your staff stays 100% stable, you're probably not very good. Um, you know, Clemson has to go back to Clemson. They've done a remarkable job of, of having the same staff and not having much turnover. Well, and they Alabama pay a ton of money they pay to a do ton it. Of money. Exactly. Brent Venable's making more than a lot of head coaches. I think he's making but more than her. He is, I think, yeah, yeah. And, you know, look, the job he's done, good for him. Um, but, you know, look at Alabama. They've had a ton, and they've had, they had more today. Uh, they lost their wide receivers coach. He's going to be Michigan's offensive coordinator. Um, they're losing their offensive coordinator to go be a head coach at Maryland, who's probably going to take somebody with him. Uh, 
So, I mean, it, it's, it's the nature of the beast that when you have success, other people want your coaches, um, you know, and we haven't had anywhere near that type of success, but you know, if you, if you are successful, you're going to be in demand. You just have to be able to survive that and, and, you know, replace them well. And we're replacing them with a, an interesting hire, uh, you know, Chandler, Chandler's head coach. That's won a bunch of state titles there recently. Uh, so should, should hopefully help us in the local department, you would hope. Well, and he's had talented players who, you know, including guys okay. who are on ASU. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Nikhil Harry from that program. Uh, Byron Murphy, obviously, was from that program. Chase Lucas, I believe. Um, you know, so guys guys for us, guys who've been good in the conference. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a great program, what they've done. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, from our days in high school, Chandler Hamilton was the behemoth, and Chandler was kind of the little brother. And that's totally flipped the last, you know, handful of years. They... They dominate them now, and they, you know, they've won, I believe, three or four state titles in the last five or six years at their level, uh, and, and you know, are definitely one of the top programs in the state. So, can't hurt in that regard. You wouldn't think to, you know, hopefully, hopefully at least get us a good in with that program, and and then uh, hopefully some others in the state that are the premier places uh, for high school football. And there's some big recruits in Arizona next year obviously you know as Sal Point alums we've talked about Bijan Robinson and yeah. Lathan Ransom, Ransom Ransom who got offered by LSU but uh the tight end for Perry High School just got offered by Alabama yeah um yeah. you know there's a lot of guys around the state and yeah. you know no agreed I mean it's uh you know the, the the state is improving it's it's not California it's not Texas and it's not Florida it's probably never gonna be um but it, it's certainly I think the the caliber of prospect has improved a lot from when we were in high school. I mean, you and I were talking about that with respect to just South Point. And, and, you know, when we were there, you know, Tyler Gronke went to Hawaii and that was like, wow, we got somebody, you know, an FBS program. Now we're, now we're having guys get offered by you know, USC and Texas and Ohio state. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's a different, different animal. And, and I think the whole state of Arizona has kind of mirrored that the, uh, you know, look at court. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks across the country that have Arizona roots. You know, they played high school ball here, and they're starting at Michigan State, or they're starting at Iowa State, or you know, it's it's not just local. So it's uh, you know, maybe the Oklahoma quarterback next year might be the you know Rattler from here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely improved, and and we need to do as good a job as possible of keeping as as much of that here as we can. We're never going to keep everybody. But, you know, hopefully this is a way to, to improve at that. We're going to talk about the guy who Spencer Rattler might replace in a little bit. But on yeah. the coaching carousel, at the NFL level, obviously the Packers hiring Peter LaFleur's cousin from Average <laughs> Joe's gym is, you know, That's a right. huge move. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of that. But the one I want to talk about is the upward failing of Cliff Kingsbury, wow. fired as the Texas Tech head coach, had what now everyone considers to be an all-world talent uh, with Patrick Mahomes and and not really made much of anything out of that. No, no. I mean, his sophomore year they went, I think, 7-5. And and his junior year they went 4-8. And and he left early. Um, Also had Baker Mayfield as a a walk-on. You know, didn't let him leave. Uh, Didn't put him on scholarship. He ended up at Oklahoma. Uh, So, I mean, he's had talent but not a lot of results there. 
So he gets fired by Texas Tech. He becomes the offensive coordinator at USC, which was complete with a video montage from USC Athletics. Uh, And as I'm sure was surprising to many people, USC wanted to keep him as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they refused to let him interview for NFL jobs. Yeah. Um, which led to this back and forth of did he resign from USC or not? Um, with a statement from USC Athletics saying, "Well, he's still on the website," which right. almost seemed more of a like that's all they knew, right. <laughs> less right. of a yeah. like declarative statement to me. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it was very bizarre. But then he was removed from the website, and immediately the number one option for the Cardinals, and it seemed like also for a time, the Jets. Yeah. I mean, it it appears to me that the Cardinals had settled on him before ever actually interviewing him. And and I think that's easy to to assess because, you know, the interview was scheduled for Tuesday, and he signed a contract on Tuesday. So if it was really an interview process of, hey, let's talk to you and let's – Let's, you know, reflect on it. Let, well, they wouldn't have had him sign a contract that fast. So, uh, obviously, they wanted him and uh, were, were dead set on him. I I don't really understand it. Now, we just talked about how instant coaching reactions and how you can look stupid. And so, I'm not going to say that, you know, he's going to fail miserably because I don't know if he will or won't. Um, but I sure am scratching my head at it. Let's say that. Now. You know, of course, I am sitting here in the home of, you know, two football programs whose NFL head coach has never coached in the NFL before and whose college head coach hadn't coached in college for 30 years before, you know, being a first year head coach last year was never a college head coach. So we're in the upside down, I guess, in Phoenix. I don't understand the hire. And I I hear you. And, you know, when you react right away without seeing everything, you know, you can get burned. You can, yeah. But the Packers had to hire a coach, and we hired a a young guy, offensive minded. Yeah. Never been an NFL head coach before. If I if if I had heard that they had gotten Kingsbury, I would have been really confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't understand it either. It it uh, it reminded me. I mean, the news cycle of it honestly did remind me of Herm Edwards here last year because similarly I had similar reactions when the, when the idea was first floated I thought oh yeah right this is nothing more than you know media created chatter sure they're gonna hire Craig Cliff Kingsbury yeah right and then it just grew legs every day and then it happened and it was like wow I, I guess that wasn't just media created chatter um Obviously, my feelings on the two, you know, entities are about as polar opposite as you can get. So I, I wanted and still want the Herm Edwards hire to work out. I will not be rooting for Cliff Kingsbury to have success. Um, but, you know, the unconventionals, I mean, I heard somebody today, I can't remember who it was. I was listening to somebody today say, you know, you almost can't win with a coaching hire because you either hire someone who's been around before and it's like, ah, guys are retread. You know, why don't you find somebody new? Or you hire unconventionally, and it's like, well, why'd you hire this guy? And, and that's a fair point. Um, maybe this will be successful, and, and the Cardinals will be able to, you know, point and snicker and say, we told you so. I don't understand it. I don't, and I just don't get whether he's successful or not. I do not get how you go from being fired at your alma mater 
doing a mediocre job to being an NFL head coach in a month. That stuns me. Uh, I mean, I and, and a four-year deal with a fifth-year option, yeah. right? I, which I, I guess is the standard deal. It is, but yeah. I mean, I but guess, you don't you, know. you don't go with you don't give them like a. How about just knock a year off just to see? I mean, his see. Yeah. King, Kingsbury's yeah. agent should get so much money. Like, well, like that yeah. commission is that's money well spent. You, Kingsbury's agent. I mean, you're right. He, you know, I agree. But at the same time, his agent might as well have been Sean McVay because everybody is in love with Sean McVay and wants the next Sean McVay. And if you've, you know, I mean, people have joked about it, but if you've been in the same room as Sean McVay, you're a hot coaching candidate, apparently. Um, you know, the Cardinals, of course, took a lot of heat, and I laughed at it. Uh, you know, for for putting it on their news story on the website. You know, Kingsbury's friends with Sean McVay. Basically, as a way, like you know, look, look, he's been, he's friends with him. This means this is going to be good. Trust us. Uh, you know, so uh, I mean, everybody's in love with that. You know, the Packers hired a guy who was his assistant a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I mean, it looks like the Bengals are apparently going to hire one of his assistants this year. That's the thought. So, I mean, everybody's hot after the, the offensive mind, and I guess people believe Cliff Kingsbury is that. You can't argue that his offenses were successful at Texas Tech. But you can then say, well, if they were so good, why didn't he win more? And I think that's a fair question. And I've heard people say, you know, well, it's tough to win at Texas Tech. Well, wasn't that tough for Mike Leach? Yeah. He didn't win a national title, but he certainly won a lot more than Cliff Kingsbury did. Well, and if you want an offensive genius, where why, why is Mike Leach not getting this offer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Because hey, he's not a young, pretty boy, too, I guess. Maybe. Well, and let's uh, be honest. The, the Cardinals... Like weird, crazy old guys. That was Bruce Arians. Like, just bring in Mike Leach. Bring in the Pirate. Well, I, I think they, uh, I think they, you know, they're swooning over this guy. I mean, you know, you joke about it, you know, and Desmond Howard referred to him as Coach Handsome. And I, I get the feeling, you know, he he swept them off their feet with his with his dream boy looks. And, you know, it's like, wow, just you can't get enough of Cliffy the Dreamboat. Um, so, you know, good for them. Um, I'm not going to say I hope it works out for them because I don't, but it, it might. Again, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be the guy who, you know, not that, not that we're going to show up on freezing cold takes. But I'm not going to be that guy and say this guy stinks. He's going to be a miserable failure because I don't know that. But I certainly don't expect it to work out. Let's say that I, I, it's not one where I'm thinking, oh, that's a great hire. This is going to be great. I'd be surprised if it was. I don't know if it was Haller or Jody Ayler. Somebody tweeted, somebody from the Phoenix market tweeted, I'm not going to assess this hire until I see who the defensive coordinator is. Right. You know? And and that's that's important. Because that's part of what made McVay so successful is their defense was so good the first year. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a ways to go. And even then with the staff, I mean – Putting together a staff is, is a little bit like putting together a draft class. You always feel like you got better. Well, you know, yeah, you, you filled an empty spot. But are they really? I mean, only certain teams are going to win. Just law of averages, you know, not every team is going to go, uh, you know, 11 and 5. And and so, uh, you know, somebody, somebody's staff that right now everybody's going to think, boy, they put together a good staff, isn't. I mean, I heard, I heard you know, for as bad as the Cardinals were last year, uh, between six and 12 months ago, I was hearing about what a great job Mike McCoy was going to do. He was a great fit. 
Um, you know, it was going to be great because they were going to play Panther-style defense and look how good that was. Well, it wasn't. Uh, you know, and that's why all those guys are out of jobs now here. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that is important to see who he puts around him. Uh, and defensively, that's really key because we know his, his track record of team defense is not good. And so it's going to be important that they hire someone who can coach defense because it certainly ain't him. Well, and if they're going to, you know, if you're going to compare next season to this season, they got nowhere to go but up because they're the number one yep. pick in the draft. And right. it is ironic that they're there with Kingsbury because a few months ago when he was just a middling college head coach, <laughs> uh, he said that if he had the number one pick in the draft, he'd take Kyler Murray. And yeah. now yeah. he's the head coach of the football team with the number one pick in the draft, and <laughs> Kyler Murray may go to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, now I have found a reaction today, well, starting last night when the Murray story kind of broke and then people found this video to be laughable. I mean, this is like the this is like classic media-created story. They were getting ready to play Oklahoma that week, and you know from following sports that you know, what is, what is one thing the coach does every week? Is, you talk you know, about how great the other the opponent. Yeah, you right. talk about how great they are and how tough it's yeah. going to be for you. And Right. So, you know, this is, this is one of those that, like, uh, I mean, first of all, I'm laughing at just, you know, taking this seriously. Secondly, even if we do take it seriously, Cliff Kingsbury is not running the show here. He's the head coach. But if you read, and I did read some stuff from the press conference, it sure sounds like Steve Kine is, you know, co-head coach. It sounds like he's going to pick the defense, and he's going to pick the defensive coordinator. And, um, you know, and so the belief that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury could just say, well, I want this guy, and they're all going to fall in line, I don't think so. And they just drafted Rosen. They're not, I mean. Oh, yeah. You know, it, well, like, here's, the, here's the craziest part to me. Kyler Murray just got paid $4.6 million dollars to go play baseball for the A's. Now, I know that, in theory, the deal said he would play one more year at Oklahoma. And he said he wanted to do both, but that he was committed to baseball at the time. And I know Scott Boris, super agent, said that, you know, he has a baseball contract. And that's great because Scott Boris gets paid on the baseball contract. Yeah. Um, He can't do both. No. No. Not... But not he, professionally but and, he and should not. absolutely declare. Because what's oh, the agree. harm of declaring? You're not going back I to agree. college. Yeah, put your name in, and and you know do what you now. It'll be interesting. Does he does he report to spring training? You know that's mid February. That's that's combine time, and so you know that's the time that you you really can't do both even then. Because you know if you're gonna if you're gonna give the draft your full effort. You got to go to the combine. You got to do the interviews. He doesn't have to do all the workouts, probably, but you know the interview stuff is, is, is as important as anything there for a top level prospect, which he is. Uh, I mean, again, well, shows you the changing times. But that but, that to me is the question: If you're Kyler Murray, do you go and just do baseball, but put your name in the draft so that you could be a free agent if you go undrafted? Yeah. Now, the flip side and the fear is that some team does like Dallas did with uh, Drew What's-His-Face, and you you just take him in the fifth round and have his rights forever. Right, right, yeah. And then you're not paying him, you know, hardly at all. Exactly, exactly. 
exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the reaction today, and granted it's mid-January, draft is three and a half months away, is he's going to be a first-round pick. You hear it, you know, Schefter and Florio and all, you know, he's going in the first round if he yeah. comes out. Just well, like Trevor Lawrence, is, Trevor Lawrence was the best prospect for this year's draft, and he's ineligible right. for exactly. two more years. So Exactly right, yeah. You know, so I mean, if he if he if he has a as much of a certainty as you can have three and a half months out or two and a half months when the time comes to decide on baseball, then I, I you know, I I say go for football because even the lowest pick in the first round, if if your consideration is just financial, you're going to make more money. And Lamar Jackson was the last pick in the first round, and he I believe signed for eight plus million dollars. So yeah, four million sounds nice. Eight sounds better. Um, and if he goes high first round, you know, he's going to make a lot more than that. So uh, I think that's where we're headed. Again, it's stunning to me, and I'm not saying wrong, but certainly stunning that we're talking about a guy who is 5'11", at best, probably shorter, um, being a top-level quarterback prospect. That used to be, you know, a no chance. But the game has changed. The league has changed. Uh, it's less physical, especially on quarterbacks now. And maybe he's come along at just the right time. You know, I've always said Charlie Ward came along too early. Well, maybe Kyler Murray is the incarnation of Charlie Ward that is coming along at the right time. One thing I wonder about this is, does he just go take the, you know, let's say you get $11 million a year or something as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Go and take it for a year and be the backup and then just retire and go play baseball, and I'm and I'm not even kidding because if if you go to a team and they're like, well, we're he's going to be the backup, and and that's what we're going to do. Great, you're not going to get hit in the head, and right, and then you right. go play baseball, you know, and you don't yeah. have to give back money for a season where you're the backup. You might have to give back yeah. part of your signing bonus. No, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you would have to. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I I get the you get the feeling that based on what other people are saying about him, he hasn't really publicly said one way or the other, that he wants to play football. And if he wants to, he should. I mean, I think when it comes right down to it, you know, I'm going to go with what Will Bond has said over and over again. Do what you want. you got the ability to do both, to do what you like the best. And and if football is what he wants to do, give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, baseball may still be there for you in a few years. Who knows? Um, you know, if he gets hurt, obviously that may change things, but maybe baseball's there for you down the road or the opposite. We've, we've seen it the opposite, you know, guys play minor league baseball, they kick around for a few years, it doesn't work and they come back and play football. Uh, some have done it with tremendous success. I mean, Chris Winkie won the Heisman trophy doing that. Russell uh, Wilson played Brandon, minor league baseball. Right, right. You know, Brandon Wheaton came back and, and, you know, had a really good college career. Now nobody's ever, nobody's really ever gone the route with great success of playing baseball and going back to the NFL. Drew Henson did it. Chad Hutchinson did it. Um, neither one of them, you know, were hugely successful. But they played. You know, they, they were NFL starters for a short period of time, both of them. Um, so, it, you know, it can be done. Don't know about the other way. But, you know, gosh, uh, I mean, you got a, you got a good opportunity either way if you're that kid. And, and so I think, you know, it should come down to what do you want to do more? Pick the one you want, not, not the one that – is going to financially make you the, the best off because they both can. I mean, the bottom line is you're going to make good money either one. 
And, and so, well, and you, know, you won a Heisman won. Trophy at Oklahoma. Look at Vince Young. Right. You're going to be right. fine. They will take right. care of you at Oklahoma. Exactly. He'll be a legend there for as long as he wants. He's a Texas high school legend. He'll be able to um, sell autographs on Sooner stuff and footballs yes. forever at, right. you know, 50 bucks a pop. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I you know, it's an interesting story. It's certainly it, it – uh, the draft media is hoping this happens because it makes, you know, he becomes the number one story of the draft. You know, defensive linemen, this draft is supposed to be rich in them, and that's great. There might be some Hall of Famers in this class, but they're not they're not sexy stories. It's a, it's a relatively, uh, you know, quarter, quarterback, not heavy at the top type of draft. Dwayne Haskins, you know, probably will go high, but... Well, and, and Herbert all, came back, Shea, right? You know, right? You know, so so it's it's not a great quarterback draft like last year was. It probably was never going to be. I mean, it, you know, all along, I didn't. It didn't look like this draft was going to be loaded at the top. That's why Haskins has emerged. Um, but this kid will be the the touchstone of the draft. Um, you know, if he goes top five, or if he sits around and waits the entire first round, if he's in it. He'll be the story of, of Thursday night and possibly into Friday, depending on how things go. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I find it laughable that the Cardinals are going to take him number one. And you can quote me on that. If, if on April 25th I have to eat crow, I'll eat it. But right now, I don't think there's any chance in the world of that. If they take him number one overall, and they don't immediately trade him or immediately trade Josh Rosen, then they're a silly franchise and will be picking number one overall (laughs) next year. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, I I just don't see it. I don't think they're – I mean, they they believe in Rosen. Um, I think they hired Kingsbury with the intent of coaching Rosen. Uh, Rosen wasn't great this year, but there's a lot of reasons for that to go beyond just him. Um yeah, I just I don't think there's any chance in the world of that. I think it makes for a great, you know, Twitter story in January. Ooh, they could trade Rosen, and you get, you know, oh, they trade him to the Giants, oh, they trade him to the Dolphins. I'll I'll go on record right now as saying zero chance of that happening. And again, if I'm wrong, feel free to taunt me about it when the time comes. I would love it if they traded him to the Giants, though, because then you have him and Darnold playing their whole college careers in the same right. city, and then their whole pro careers sharing the same yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? It's, uh, it's possible, I guess, but I don't think so. Uh, but before we get to the NFL draft, Matt, and all of the yes. fun that plays out there, we have the NFL playoffs, where, yes, um, depending on which soundbite you take, I said three out of the four road teams would win, yeah. uh, but then I was also adamant that the Bears would win. So right, I had the Bears as well. Yeah, I went I went two and zero on Saturday and zero and two on Sunday. Um, although I I should have stuck with the Chargers. I'm kicking myself there. I picked the Chargers before the year, and I I fell in love with this Baltimore running game. No one's going to figure out how to stop them. Well, they figured out how to stop them. Um, really, kind of a, a neat. You know, a neat thing they did with the playing really all really safeties yeah. at linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the type of stuff that you know you can you appreciate about coaching and the importance of coaching. That you know, this is this is why we obsess over who's going to be your defensive coordinator and stuff like that. Because when things like that happen, you think, man, that's a great idea. You know, and, and that outside the box thinking. Now, if it hadn't worked, we'd be you know 
killing him. What do you think of playing all those DBs against a great running game? But it worked, and so it's genius. Um, but yeah, that was that was uh, they were all four. Uh, well, Colts Texas wasn't overly competitive, but the others, you know, all all were still hanging in the balance with a minute to go, basically. Um, so you know, good games, um, and I think we'll have you know we'll have some good ones this weekend too. I expect. Well, let's talk about this weekend. Um, so you, Saturday's games, you, the first game, Saturday afternoon, you got Colts at Chiefs, and then the night game, Dallas at the Rams. Yeah. First question, do the Rams have any sort of chance at a 50-50 split in their home stadium for fans? <laughs> You know, probably 50-50, but around there, um, there'll be a lot of Cowboy fans there. Now, you know, you know L.A. is much like Phoenix. They do bandwagon well. And and the Rams have become, you know, the glamour team in L.A. right now. <laughs> oh. The Chargers are probably just as good. Uh, you know, they're, they're the place to be. You know, Floyd Mayweather is there with his field side table and stuff like that. So, you know, everybody wants to be at the Rams game. So, um They'll have plenty, but yeah, there'll be a lot of Cowboy fans in the house too. Um, well, let's go to the first game, and then we'll we'll talk about the right. Cowboys Rams game for real. But the Colts at the Chiefs, the the Colts a, a solid workmanlike victory in mm-hmm. the wild card round. Now they go to Arrowhead. It's Andy Reid in the playoffs. Colts magic. It's the Chiefs in the playoffs. I mean, that's, you know, it's been 25 years, I believe, since the Chiefs have won a home playoff game, and that uh, that will loom over them. I mean, none of these guys were part of a lot of those teams, and that's very valid. But it does it does hang over you. Well, and, and you'll so have a crowd. It, it will continue to. I mean, you'll have a crowd that'll be like Boston before yeah. the you know the '04 World Series, where ev- yeah, every time yes. something happens. You know, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it's a great home field. You know, Arrowhead, I think, is one of the better home field advantages. But in, in a situation like this, if there's early adversity and they fall behind, you know, um, there will be a feeling of unrest among those fans and like, oh, it's going to happen again. Really? And and I think it will. I think it will. I'm picking the Colts. I, I was kind of mixed, but Colts are playing well. Uh, they're playing good defense, and they're, they're they can run the ball. Luck's playing like you know, like he was when he was a, you know two first two or three years. Uh, I just feel like they're riding a hot wave. I'm I'm going with Indy. I'm going to take the Chiefs. So we finally pick differently. Um, yes. For the I picked the Chiefs last week. You know, I mean, we went through the whole yeah. bracket, and I had the Chiefs. But it's a whole. This is a whole new week. Side. Everything that happened before but, doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we're reevaluating based on what we saw. Now, I, you know, I I want the Colts to win because of luck, but I do like Mahomes, and I I would you know I would not be upset to see them win and do well. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. Maybe it's the too popular upset pick, but I'm I'm going with it anyway. The night game, Dallas at the Rams. You know, good running back matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, tell me how Dallas wins, Matt. Uh, because of their defense, and because they'll be they'll run the ball better. I think Dallas will win. I'm picking Dallas too. 
Uh, I, I, the Rams' defense hasn't been very good all year. It was really good last year, and they brought in these, you know, marquee names, Peters and Tlaib and Sue, and it's just not nearly as good this year. Aaron Donald's great. I mean, he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year again and should, um, but it just hasn't been as good. They give up, I think, five-plus yards per carry. Cowboys have, have come into their own as a running team. Um and they play really good defense. Like, I do not – if the Rams have to score, you know, 30-plus to win, I don't think they're going to. Well, we disagree. I'm taking the Rams. I, I, okay. I just think that, you know, obviously Sean McVay is God's gift to coaching. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and better win. Yeah. 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 You know, all Every, disciples of his, yeah. you know, they, they need him to win a playoff game, right? The Sean McVay coaching tree – is is gonna run deep. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Right, it's just right, gonna go right, forever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. But uh, again, much like the Chiefs, I'm not rooting against the Rams at all. In fact, I'll probably be rooting for the Rams. I, you know, I I don't hate Dallas like I used to because I like Dak Prescott, but I still don't really like Dallas much. So, um, you know, I'd like to see the Rams win. Um, you know, people here don't like the Rams, so I kind of root for them because of that. Uh, but I just I just don't trust that defense of theirs. I don't really trust Jared Goff. He's been good, but I don't trust him to come through at the biggest of moments. And until he does, I won't. Um, and I think Dallas' defense is really good. It's, it's uh, you know, underrated in how good it's been the second half of the year. Yeah, I mean, in the playoffs, anybody can beat anybody. I, I don't think it's a lock by any stretch. I just think that, you know, they've had two weeks to prepare. McVay is a good offensive coach, and Phillips is oh, a good sure. defensive coach. And if, you know, if Sue can't get motivated for this, then, you know, he's yeah. probably not getting another contract. No, I mean, it just it comes down to, and I read this a few weeks ago, you know, I can't remember where I read it, but I was reading something that basically said, you know, the whispers among coaches is that Sue is just, he's not what he used to be. Uh, the, the dominant player is gone. And, and, you know, most of the time when that goes, it doesn't come back. And, and uh, yeah, they just, they just haven't been as good this year. I mean, for a team that went, you know, 12-4, and four, I believe, or 13-3, and three, whatever they finished, they, uh, they had to win a lot of games that were high-scoring, games where they had to hang on at the end. The defense, you know, couldn't come up with a big stop to put the game away. Um, and they had, you know, the, I remember the Denver game. They had a sizable lead. They let them back in it. Uh, Seattle, you know, did that to them a couple times. I mean, they won those games, but it wasn't, it wasn't what you would have expected from a defense with all these star names. It just hasn't been that good. And, uh, you know, to me, this is two good running games, but Dallas's defense is better, so I'm going with Dallas. On the Sunday games, because now, now there's a real chance that you and I are going to pick all four games different. Okay. Um, the first game on Sunday is the other L.A. team, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. That's right. At New England, in Foxborough. Yeah, the weather's gonna not be good. No, um, I think the Chargers can win this game. Well, if you're picking the Chargers, then we're not picking differently. I'm oh, picking the Chargers. I'm picking the Chargers. So you're picking three road teams at at a minimum. Three road teams. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, not making the mistake I made last week. 
Uh, they may not win, but they haven't lost outside of L.A. all year. Um, this would set them up to potentially host the AFC title game at their at their soccer stadium, if my picks are right. What a crazy scenario that would be. Colts, Chargers, both wild cards get into the title game. Uh, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm digging them. Yeah, I, I you know, it's, it's foolhardy to bet against the Patriots. I know that. But um, this team just seems to have something going. Uh, they play good defense. Rivers is, you know, in a good rhythm. They're, you know, running the ball well. It just feels like they've got a little something going for them, and this this road magic that they've got all year, I'm riding it. Yeah, Rivers, you know, the Rivers, Keenan Allen, Antonio Gates trio. Yeah. It just feels like they need to get one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this this kind of feels like the year for them to to do it. Uh, they've been good all year, and they got up to a one and two start, but they lost to Kansas City and the Rams which, you know, for most of the year were the two best teams in the NFL, it seemed like. Um, but since then, they've, you know, they've been really good. I mean, the note that they haven't lost outside of L.A. is crazy. Um, you know, but, but they, and they won at tough places. And they won at Pittsburgh in a night game. They won at Kansas City in a, in a night game. Um, they obviously just went to Baltimore and won now. I mean, you know, it's not like they've just beat bad teams on the road. They beat good teams in tough environments, coming back from big deficits in a couple of those games. So I'm I'm not necessarily scared of them having to go on the road because they've done it all year, and their home field is not a home field. That you know that may be one of the reasons why they're good on the road. They don't enjoy a great home field advantage. Yeah, <laughs> the neither LA team has a good home field advantage. No, no. I mean, you know that that. Uh, it's not called StubHub anymore. They've got a new name for it. Um, can't remember the new sponsor, but uh, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's small and usually seventy percent full of opponent fans. And so I think you know they've they've kind of rallied together going on the road because they're used to it. I mean, it, it sounds like you know I'm making fun of them, but in some ways I guess I am. But in a sense, it's true. Like they're they're not a team that relies on that home crowd to get them whipped up into a frenzy because they don't have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I just think that that they're gonna be the better team. I think that uh, yeah. Brady's old, yeah. bad weather, just different. You I know? agree. I agree. I think they are better. Um, I mean, the record would indicate that they had a better record than New England. Um, you know, they didn't. They lost their division on a tiebreaker, but they had a better record. So. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like you're right. I'm, I'm going with them, so we'll, we'll be the same on that one. I don't know about the last one. So the last game, Eagles-Saints. For the right to take on either the Rams or the Cowboys, depending on who you yeah. want to believe. Right, right. Uh, and the trip to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles magic, baby. The guy can't lose, Matt, in the playoffs. He's... He's like Joe Montana. Yeah, right. Bart Starr, Nick Foles. The, yeah. You know, when you talk about postseason, but my favorite thing I've heard this week on the Nick Foles stuff is is he a more likely candidate for the Hall of Fame than Eli Manning? That was a legitimate <laughs> question I heard asked. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, I mean, 
that is sports talk takery at its very worst. First of all, let me note, he's only won one Super Bowl. Remember, I was talking about, oh, this is two great postseason runs in a row. He's won one game this year. If they get back to the Super Bowl, we can have that conversation. But this is right now a team that's in the divisional round. I can, you know, I can name you, uh, uh, I mean, the Eagles made the divisional round with Jeff Garcia. Uh, he ain't a legend. So let's, let's just cool down a bit. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. It seems incredibly likely that he's the greatest postseason quarterback um, ever. Well, give me the Saints. <laughs> Drew Brees, give me Sean Payton, give me the Dome, give me all of that. I'm taking the Saints and running with it. So I'm torn. This, to me, was the hardest game. And not because I really believe Nick Foles is all that, it, but no. because the Eagles have done this before. And if this game... Yeah. If this game was in Philly, I'd take the Eagles. But the dome, oh, I, the yeah. dome is so hard, and they're never going to have to play outside. No, they're not. They're yeah. not. I mean, they earned it. You know, that's that's the, that's the you know right you get for being the best team. Um, and and uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout like it was the regular season. And the Eagles are playing better, and um, you know the Saints. That was like that was the peak, New Orleans Saints. That was after they went to Cincinnati and scored like 40 points in the first half. And then they came against the Rams where they put up 40-plus. I mean, they were playing just perfect football at that point. So I don't I don't think it'll be like that. But I, uh, you know, I, I just, I favor Drew Brees against a shaky secondary all day. You know, seven days a week, basically. Give me that. And that's, that's what he's got here. I feel like he's going to take advantage and then they'll be able to run it with Ingram and Kamara. Um, you know, I think they'll, yeah, it's, it's, won't be a 45 seven game or anything like it was the first time around, but I still favor the Saints. I think it's going to be the Saints. So we have completely different Saturdays, but the world righted itself and we agree with each other. I am. I, I wanted to take the Eagles. If it was in Philly, I would, but because I just can't get over the dome. I just think that the Saints in the dome are, you know. Yeah. Too tough to beat, especially for a team that doesn't play in the dome ever. No, exactly. You know, yeah. The, yeah. the NFC, yeah. other than Dallas in the NFC East, you don't have to play inside. And That's so true. you don't That's deal true. with the noise. You don't you deal don't, with yeah. the, you know, all of the things that are just a little extra difficult when you play indoors. Right, right. right. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, and the Saints are I a track agree. team. They are. I mean, that's, that's what they're built for to, to you know, ride on that, basically. Um, you know, it's a, it's a different Saints team in some ways because they, they run it a lot. You know, it's not like the, the Drew Brees 5,000-yard season. He didn't get to 4,000 this year. Um, uh, but, you know, it's it's still a very effective team with the way they play indoors. Um, their defense is certainly better when they're playing at home, it seems like. So, um yeah, I'm going with them. I'm sticking. I mean, they were my Super Bowl pick. Obviously, I picked them last week. I'm riding with them. I think you picked them to win last week too, didn't you? Yeah. So I, okay. I'm going to go with Saints, uh, Chargers, okay. Rams, Chiefs. Too. Your Saints, Chargers, Colts, Cowboys. Yes, correct. Super Bowl picks, Matt. I'm going back to how I started. Preseason, Saints Chargers. And I am going with how I ended last week, 
Saints, Chiefs. Saints, Chiefs, yeah, as well. They're still in it. So, you you know, I I fell in love with Baltimore, and uh, I shouldn't have, uh, you know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, well, you asked me last week, did I think there was a, you know, wild card round team that could do it. I said the winner of Ravens Chargers. So I'm going to stick with that. Matt, 19 years ago today, Eddie House, Eddie House. Yep. 61 points and an overtime victory over – double overtime victory over the California Golden Bears. Right. And one night ago today, ASU basketball, 80-66 <laughs> to 66 over the Cal Golden Bears. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best work of art, but it was a win. And it's two in a row in the conference, which uh, I don't think we did too much last year from what I recall. It felt like last year was especially early – uh, you know, the first month, didn't we lose the first game and win the second every weekend, felt like? Yes. Uh, you know, it was that constant roller coaster. We could never string together any momentum. So two in a row feels good, and hopefully we can make it three in a row. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't the best performance, but it was good enough to win. Yeah, you know, they got down. It was almost a reverse of the Utah game. They got yeah. down, they got in trouble, and they managed to – squeak it out, turn it around. Take over and, and, yeah, and take control in the second half, which was good. Yeah, I mean, Remy Martin had a really good game. It's the second game in a row. Different type of game. You know, didn't score at all against Colorado, but played really well last night. You know, career high in scoring. Um, but, you know, appears to be settling into the season, you know, healthy again, it looks like. So, yeah, I mean, uh, things, are, things are good. Um, the, the ship hasn't been completely righted from where we were a week ago, but it's it's on a steadier track uh, than we were, you know, last time we talked. A win uh, against Stanford tomorrow will match last year's longest conference win streak of three games. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, also so. the only time we won back-to-back games last conference season was we was won it? three okay. in a row. And that was, uh, well, we swept USC-UCLA, did we? Was the game before that that we won? Yeah, that, the game before okay. that was at Washington State. Okay, okay. Which, again, was another one of those, you know, we lost the first game, won the second. That's just, I mean, I can't remember, but for the, but we played eight eight weekends of two games, if you take out the two Arizona, you know, weekends. Felt like we lost the first and won the second probably six times. Well, I have the schedule, so I will tell you. Okay. Colorado at Colorado at Utah lost the first. Home to Oregon, Oregon State lost the first. Yeah. At Stanford at Cal lost the first. <laughs> Home to Utah versus Colorado lost the first. Okay, so four in a row. At no 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 at Washington Washington State lost the first. So five in a row. Okay. Then then we swept the LA schools. Okay. Then we got lost to Arizona, swept in the Oregon schools, so lost the first there. Then, okay. then we uh, had a – let me see. We won the first against Cal and then Cal lost to Stanford. lost to Stanford. I remember, I remember the Stanford game because we lost – I think we lost – we missed a shot at the buzzer that would have won it or something. Yeah, went to that we game. lost by one after blowing yeah. out Cal. Yes, yes, because we, we needed that to go 9-9. Nine and nine. So, yeah, I, so six times we, or five times, I guess, five of the – Five of the eight weekends, we lost the first, won the second, 
one we got swept, the other we swept, and then you know won the won the opposite. So yeah, it was it was hard last year to string together any momentum, and it it shouldn't be hard this year. It really should. I mean, when you look at the conference and how down it is, this is a year where we should be able to win. You know. Five out of six, six out of seven, five in a row, something like that. You know, a couple different times, hopefully, and and put together. You know, we were talking last week about could we get to, you know, thirteen or fourteen wins in the conference. I still think we can. Um, and and you know, winning at Cal was one you have to get. Cal's one of the worst teams in the conference. You got to you got to beat them. And I think we get them at home too. USC UCLA is our home miss this year. Um, so you know, those are those are games you just have to win. Yeah, we get Cal. It, the Cal Stanford return trip is February twentieth and twenty fourth. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Look, they need to. They need to beat Stanford. They, yeah. they There's really until they until the L.A. road trip, which is two weekends from now. Yeah. I think you have to win. I think you have to beat Stanford on the road, and I think you have to sweep the Oregon schools at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, you should beat Oregon State, and and Oregon is certainly not the team they were supposed to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would I would say I hope to be five and one. I wouldn't be too concerned if, if it's four and two. Uh, if we win two of the next three, that's okay. But yeah, I I agree. I mean, I, I think. It's it's not unreasonable to say you should win all three and, and be five and one going going to L.A. Um, and you know those teams aren't that good. Uh, I mean UCLA's already fired its coach, so I mean again there's there's not a stretch this year where you're going to go through it and say, well boy this is a brutal four game stretch. Mm-hmm. There just should not be. I mean this is not a good conference. So every every weekend you should be going in thinking we need to win these games. Because if you're going to make the tournament and not need to win the conference tournament to do so, you've got to pile up wins this this conference season. You've got to have 13-plus at least. Yeah. And, you and know. 13 would get us, what, 22 overall? With a 9-3 and three out, out of conference, didn't we? Yeah. So, that's the, even that's shaky. 22-8, yeah. I'm not sure that's going to be enough. I mean, it depends on other conferences and things like that, but... Yeah, I mean, one thing to keep in mind come March is we're going to want the top team in every conference to win their conference tournament. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, you, those things can always be thrown off if, you know, Gonzaga doesn't win the West Coast or something like that or, you know, those type of those type of schools. Or if you have a, you know, like a few years ago or 10 or so years ago now when Georgia was the last place SEC team and won the conference tournament, something crazy like that, you know. So those things can obviously throw you. But, uh, you know, at this point, hey, I'm, I'm happy that we won a couple in a row. Um, really happy with the way we played against Colorado. Not so much against Cal, but, you know, a win is a win. Um, and just got to start stringing them together. You know, cannot have the roller coaster of last year. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Matt, I think we hit everything. I think we did. We had a lot to get through. That was a good, that was a good solid run. Uh, we'll be back after, we'll be back after the weekend. We'll talk about whether ASU was able to beat Stanford and how dramatically our feelings about the season will swing on that. Um, as, as well as looking ahead to the, NFC and AFC championship games. That's right. And That's right. who knows what coaches will be hired and fired between now and then. True, true. Yeah, 
guess uh, by the next time we talk, there will be three NFL games left to play this season. College games are done. This this football season is nearing its conclusion. But uh, and spring we'll football for ASU through. will be right ready That's to right. start. Getting close. Yeah, yeah. Less than four weeks away, so we'll be talking about 2019 very soon. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's a Ben and Matt Sportscast.